Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. My current self was just screaming at my pat, like, why didn't you remember? What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Baby's tiny fingers, adorable. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Especially two-year-olds. I mean, they're constantly just like bashing their heads into things. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. The stakes are higher when it's somebody else's kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we're talking all about how we forgot what this was like. (laughs) I wanted to title this episode, I Went Back to Shawshank, but it might be a little too obtuse for people, but yes. That's the parenthetical title, right? We have quite a story for you, but first we must address a very rare retraction is happening on the What Fresh (laughs) Help podcast. We're not journalists, so normally we don't have an ombudsman who checks us. Sometimes we'll go back and be like, well, we said this, we meant this, but this is a full retraction that we were offering, I believe, for the first time in What Fresh Help history. So in our recent episode, Why Was This a Thing?, we goofed on all sorts of things that we used to think mattered, like waiting half an hour to go in the water after you ate. And we goofed on something that neither of us were, well, I at least was totally unfamiliar with. And you were like, yeah, vaguely familiar that you're not supposed to shower during a thunderstorm. We goofed on it, meaning we were making fun of it, but we actually goofed on it, meaning we gave bad information. We were like, you can't shower during a thunderstorm. Like, what weirdo would think that? Uh, The CDC in 2023 says that you should not wash your hands or do dishes or shower during a thunderstorm because it is possible if there's metal pipes, whatever, that they could conduct and you could be shocked. I'm going to quote, it's a low probability, but it is a probability. I'm going to quote Ron Hall. He's a meteorologist with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. He tracks lightning injuries. Thank you for your work, Ron. He says, what a job. In the United States, 10 to 20 people are shocked showering or doing dishes during thunderstorms. Not killed, but just shocked. But ouch, you don't want it. You want to skip the part where you get. So yeah, don't take a shower during a thunderstorm. Now, he says there are tons of myths about lightning, which I'd like to go over some of those with him if we could have him on the show, maybe. He says this is not a myth. This is not one of those many, many myths we all have about lightning. So we could get into those, but don't shower during a thunderstorm. I never thought about it one way or the other until now. 
I just read the memoir, You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith. Very much enjoyed it. If she wrote the poem, Good Bones, which went viral. And had the line, you could make this place beautiful in the poem. Correct. And it's about kind of the unraveling of her marriage. She's a beautiful writer. But it opens with her getting hit by lightning inside her home which I did not know was possible. She was, I don't know if she was touching the air conditioner, but standing by the window in a lightning storm, maybe touching the air conditioner, and lightning struck her inside her own home. My home has been struck by lightning while I'm in it, but I wasn't like touching anything at the time. You weren't making contact. Yeah, I mean, maybe I was, but not with a running shower. Thank goodness, I guess. Yeah, probably you have PVC pipe in your house, so you probably have moved to like non-metal piping and you're probably fine. But you don't know, so stop washing your hands during thunderstorms and don't look to us for lightning safety <laughs> advice, possibly, but definitely not lightning safety advice, okay? Because we do not know what we're talking about, right. but we will always, we're big enough to come back with a full retraction when we make a mistake. And this was one of those times. I would say that like, just like segue into our topic. It's like, we might not know lightning, but we know raising kids or we thought This whole episode is kind of a retraction because... Because we know about raising young kids until we went back to raising young kids. Until we actually have to do it, as it turns out. So this past week, I babysat a two and a six-year-old for five days. I had my 11 and 13-year-old, quote, helping me, unquote. But I will say... I made the very smart choice in the beginning that I decided to pay them. Day rate. It was a nice day rate. So that I could threaten them and dock their pay. Like it was a day rate and I was not dependent on like favors. They were being paid. And the only reason they were being paid was so that I could threaten them with not being paid. So two-year-old, six-year-old, five days. And right away I called Amy and I said, we have to revisit the topic of young kids because I feel like I have become the older person who's like, you know, don't let go of your hobbies just because you have young kids at home. Like, hey, if you've got a business, keep it going. Meanwhile, I was trying to continue to do the podcast and I usually write the comedy bits and I kept thinking, look, or I'll put the kids to bed at 8.30 and then I'll write the comedy bit at nine. At nine, I was like staring and rocking and like trying not to cry. And then trying to go to bed by 9.15 so that I could possibly get enough sleep to face it all again the next day. And so I really have to come back and say, I'm checking myself because I really had forgotten how hard it is to have kids six and under. Really, it's hard, guys. And you're returning to this with 11-year-old and 13-year-old, who, as you say, are maybe less helpful than you want them to be, but it's better than nothing. Like, you literally had, like, somebody be like, here, hold her. You had helpers, and it was still like, what? This is impossible. Yeah, and I will say it was also a good reminder not to get a dog, because we talked about it for two months in advance, and my kids negotiated their rate, which was, I'm going to say, less than minimum wage. It would not pass, you know, legal laws for child labor. And... For months, they were like, this is going to be great. We're going to make money. It's going to be fun. I mean, they love, these are their cousins. We love them. It's going to be super fun. And then day one, it was a lot of like hand-holding. Come with me. Oh, I want to be in charge of this one. You be in charge of that one. Trying it on for size, right? It was like, we went to bed Sunday night, like 
I thought this was going to be hard and it wasn't hard at all. And then the morning started at 5.15 the next morning. And let me tell you, those kids were like, can I be done? Like they barely lasted 24 hours. And it really reminded me of like the way they promised that they will take care of the dog. And then six days in, they're like, I don't want to walk the dog. It's raining. Heed that inner voice. Yeah. The kids are useless as it turns out. Unless you threaten them with pay docking, I found. <laughs> and a dog, you'd be like, we're going to send this dog back. I don't even care. You couldn't really be like, we're going to put your cousins out with the recycling. Like you're, you're going to keep taking care of them. No, it's, unfortunately, it's not possible. You then had a similar, I think, slightly less full Shawshank experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had a family gathering. So I'm the oldest of six kids. And my three kids are three of 15 grandchildren with another one on the way. Actually, there's going to be a what fresh hell. I'm going to be an auntie for the like 25th time. So anyway, counting, cutting both sides, many, many cousins. So we all got together and it was really wonderful. Well, almost all got together. When it's that many people, there's always somebody who has to leave early and somebody who can't come at all. But let's just say that it was a large group of people. And yeah, I was back in the, I wasn't even primarily responsible for any of them. But just in that, like, who needs a swim diaper and who needs the sandwich cut this way and who needs a sandwich cut that way and the sort of constant tasks that have to be done. Just the phrase swim diaper strikes fear in my heart. I mean, I will say degree of difficulty was higher and literal degrees were higher. We were in Texas where the temperature was hovering around 110 every day. And it does make it I was saying to my husband, it, it's like living on an Antarctic atoll. Like you have to make every calculation. Like, can we get four of us from the parking space into the Walmart without dying? Like it's so hot that you can't. I mean, normally I always liked to be pretty scheduled with kids. Like, okay, you get up, you have breakfast. You go to the playground, you come home, you have lunch, it's nap time. Then you have a short afternoon activity, it's bed. It, I really like to know what the day could hold. But playground in the morning, it's not happening at 110 degrees. Like you literally would just wound yourself trying to go down the slide that's 140 degrees in the sunshine. Mm -hmm. Right. And then everyone would cry and go home. It really, it, it was a high degree of difficulty. Even the pool is too hot at 110. I heard some news story about a guy in this heat in Texas who got third degree burns from sitting like on a sidewalk. You can picture like the side, the curb, basically sitting on the curb through his shorts, got third degree burns on his buttocks. This tracks for me. It was the other thing is we are not people in Texas. We went out with my sister-in-law at one point. She's got a giant like foil thing that goes in the windows. I mean, they're prepared, mm -hmm. but we had a rental car and we were just total clowns. So we would just go park in the sun and forget about it. And then you would come back and you had to keep the kids out of the car for 15 minutes in the heat so that you could get the air conditioner so that the you, they wouldn't get burned by the seatbelts. Right. Like picture like that, like metal seatbelt clamping and touching the skin of like a two-year-old and, and you're headed to the ER. I just went back to Shawshank. Yeah. Like the pinching of the baby fat in the car seat thing. That's the worst thing I've ever done. Oh, the pinching yes. of the... It's amazing what you block out, people. You're like, I'm yelling to my kids, like, don't pinch them. I will say, Amy Wilson's words saved my life. This was the thing that I kept saying because I found, I think especially because my kids were on the clock, 
not surprisingly, they didn't like like the diaper changing and the, you know, like the hard work, the preparing of the chicken nuggets. But then they wanted, whenever they came in, to kind of get on the clock by the kid would finally be like quietly reading a book in the corner and they would come running over and be like, hey, how's it going? And I found myself screaming 300 times a day, do not interrupt a happy child. Do not interrupt a happy child. Because the minute they would start playing and then the 11-year-old would want to walk away and do whatever they wanted to do. And suddenly now the kid is like, wait a minute, I didn't know being entertained was an option. Right. This book is no longer interesting to me. Now I am screaming. Yes. I see that a lot in situations I sort of like watch from the outside now, you know, like I'm an observer at the pool at the swim diapers, right? And there's a lot of like two or three people worrying about what the kid needs while the kid is like chewing on some keys that that you can, that a little more of that is a good thing. But when I imagine when you reenter it after a lot of time off, you kind of lose that ability. And you feel like you have to be like, it's a hot potato. You have to be handling between you at all times instead of just like, let them sit here. And in some ways it is easier than the 10 adults all in a room trying to deal with one two-year-old, that dynamic, very complicated. So it was just myself and my kids. And it was really cute because the two-year-old for the first couple of days, this is my niece, but we haven't spent a ton of time together. And so for the first couple of days, she kept saying, I want the mommy to do it (laughs) about me. Like, she wasn't calling me like Aunt Meg, which is what my nieces and nephews call me. <laughs> she was like, she's like, I don't know who you people are, but I seem to know that that woman is a mom. And I and she would say like when my kids would try to give her something, I want the mommy to do it. I want the mommy to carry me. Like she knew enough to know that like you fools are not of age and you should not be handling me. I want the mommy. Just like a dog would do. I don't know who she is, but I want her. Just like a dog would do, like, okay, my alpha is missing. That's my alpha, right? I'm not going to follow this person around to make sure I get fed. She definitely sniffed out the alpha as the mommy and it was very cute. She's like, where's the mommy? Whenever I would leave the room, she's like, ah, I want that lady who kind of seems to know what she's doing around here. It's so funny that she could sniff out that like 11 and 13, like you guys are kind of fun in a like, you know, jester sort of way, but you cannot take care of me. Sure. And you're a good time, but let's be serious. It's time for chicken nuggets and let's involve. Yeah. Let's get that mommy in here because I don't trust you people. And let's be honest, she was not wrong. Okay. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about like the distance and did the distance shape your response to it and anybody's response to it. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. 
Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. When you were telling me this whole story, it reminded me before we even started recording, it reminded me of the whole thing that people say about the halo effect around childbirth that you forget. Yes. That you only remember the good times. And it turns out it's not that simple, but you do forget the the specifics of it and how hard it is. And then when you put it back on, it's immediately impossible. My husband, who is a fitness fanatic, I'm going to say, I don't think that's too strong a word at all. Cosine. He started doing something new called rocking. Have you heard of rocking? <laughs> I mean, I do a lot of rocking by myself and regretting my life choices, but I don't think that's what you're talking this about. This is rocking. You're not talking about rocking alone in your room and crying. No, no. This is R-U-C-K, like Alan Ruck. Isn't that the guy? Yeah, rocking. Yeah, the guy from- um, Succession and Ferris Bueller. Succession. Yes, and Ferris Bueller, exactly. The kind of guy you're like, wait, is that the guy from Ferris Bueller? Yes, it is. It was the same guy. It is. I don't think rocking is named for Alan Ruck, but rocking is a- just a backpack. You just go about stuff with a backpack on in which you put incredibly heavy metal plates. So, Amy, I love you and I love your husband. But I would not stand for this. I'd be like, no, 
No. Yes. Wow. I'll probably hear back from some people now. Like, I'm sorry. What? Now that, I, now that I'm outing him. But he goes wrecking and I'm like, don't make me like talk about it. Know about it. We're going to head out for a walk. But is he walking around your house? Like you're like, could you bring this dish to the kitchen? And he has like a weighted knapsack on. Well, it did rain for a couple days in a row recently. And he was like, do we have any to-dos? And my brother was laughing at both of us because my brother was visiting, it was raining, and we had a, a, yes, do we have a list of anything we needed to get done? Yes, I have a little list here. Let's see, we need to change this light bulb, we need to do this. And he was doing this stuff wearing this weighted backpack in the house because it had been raining for so long. Yes. Usually he just wears it out and about. I'm like, I don't see it. I have a lot of thoughts, but let's do a whole separate podcast on whether or not you should allow your husband to be doing this. But I bring up the rucking because, I mean, I don't know why he's doing it. Somebody, you know, the Huberman lab or somebody told him to do it. So he's doing it. But it's like a 35 pound weight. So he's like, you don't know how much more fit you get by walking around with 35 pounds of extra weight on you. And I said, like, I've done that already. I've actually done that three times already. I've gone for long walks with 35 pounds of extra weight. I've done it. I don't need to do it now. But picking up his, I did, of course, like, okay, let me see what it feels like. It's impossible. Like your third pregnancy, your non-first pregnancy, it's like not interesting to you, let alone anybody else. You just sort of go about your business, right? You're not like engaged with the wonder of it all anymore. But boy, I put this 35 pound weight on and I couldn't believe that was ever me, that I was walking around all the time, taking care of little kids, carrying that much extra weight. Well, this brings me to the fact that I injured myself gravely day one by just picking the baby up. So we had to weigh the kids because we were looking at life vests. And so I believe the two-year-old weighs exactly like 32, 33 pounds. It's a ruck pack worth. It's a ruck pack. Like I was doing this like life hack, like high-end fitness thing without knowing it. But just doing the thing. And she's just that age where she would come over up, 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 up the mommy, you know, and then I would pick her up, sling her on my hip and be going about stuff. By the way, it's a decade, 15 years later, I'm very elderly and I injured myself in two profound ways day one. So I pulled a muscle, like picture, like we used to call them your angel wings. What is that bone called in your back? Like the pointy bone that sticks out. Scapular area, right? Our scapulas. Mm-hmm. Scapular or whatever. Yeah. Ooh. Way deep under that, I like ripped something in there. And it was just the kind of thing that hurt. Like when I breathed, when I picked up a fork, like it hurt forever. And then I have a bum hip right now. I mean, talk about oldie locks. I've got a hip that kind of comes out of place. Boom, right out of place. I was like lurching around like Frankenstein's monster. And then Instead of being like, well, I guess I can't pick the baby up, I was like, I guess I'll just down 600 ibuprofen and keep going because no, that's the other thing. Like, there's no downtime. There's no six time. There's no like, I hurt myself. Let me take off the rucking <laughs> backpack and stop rucking. Right. There's no stopping the rucking. You're like, I guess I'm going to keep picking this baby up because both of my kids are too, like, they couldn't lift a 35-pound two-year-old and they drive these huge cars in Texas. So like you have to basically lift the baby <laughs> up over your head to get yeah. it into a car seat. It's basically, you should send your husband to me for a month. I'll get him in shape. It's called getting a two-year-old into a pickup truck six times a day. While my family was visiting, I did pick up my two-year-old nephew. And oh my God, like as you say, like you immediately forget. He was like a wet sandbag or maybe two. And I couldn't believe how heavy he was. And then I, you know, put him on the shelf. And this was just to walk them out to the car, right? I put him on the shelf of my hip 
which immediately my hip was like, ow, 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 don't do that, right? That's oh, don't do that. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna throw my back out doing this. And then like hoisting him into the car seat. And then as you say, like I was so stressed over those little things. I did that 10,000 times and then, but just haven't done it for quite a while. And then went back to it. Like this is impossible. And my sister-in-law is five feet tall. I'm about five, seven. She's five feet tall. She is a small woman with a huge, heavy, adorable little boy that I don't know how she lifts him. Well, here's something I forgot all about. One, the fact that babies like to rear back, like a two-year-old, oh, yeah. you'll be holding them on your hip and you're like, okay, I'm an old crone, but I have picked up a two-year-old. Right. Like, I still got it. And then she would rear back like to look at the world upside down. Like she's doing a back bend. And I'm like, girl, you're going to take us both down. Like this is way beyond my level. And then I completely forgot this move which can be pulled by either the six or the two-year-old sitting and reading a story and they rear back and clock you with their skull in the orbital socket. Like that happened to me 90 times when I had my own kids, but I completely blocked it out. Yes, that that might happen at any moment. That it in fact will happen once a day. Like a child will make contact with your face with their skull in an extremely painful way. And not necessarily out of frustration, just out of like, I know what I'll do. (laughs) Oh, no. Joy. (laughs) Just looking around. Like the injury quotient, I had completely forgotten about. The fact that you're almost always nursing a child-related injury. And like if you're not, if they haven't wounded you, you've like burnt yourself getting chicken nuggets out of the oven. I have that permanent like halfway up the inner arm burn from pulling the thing out of the oven. I had completely blocked that out, the injuries. And what did the parents know of any of this? I'm sure you were like, this is easy. It's wonderful. Like when they called to check in, what happened? Well, I had had another babysitting experience that went completely off the rails. And I kept saying like, that's my bar. Like if we don't end up in the ER with like a bleeding headed child, like we'll be fine. And so all I kept saying was, we're not at the bar. We're not at the bar. And the thing is, we kind of had a ball. The other thing that I was clear about, because we did every day, I was like, this is our schedule. Like I'm not sitting around with kids. Like, especially I've been up since five. I'm not sitting around all day. So we found cool and fun adventures and things to do. We did a lot of crafts. We found a children's museum that was really amazing. I will give them a shout out. McKenna Children's Museum in New Braunfels, Texas. If you are anywhere near San Antonio, even Austin, I'm telling you, worth the trip. It has, I mean, a lot of towns have them, but it's like the little post office, little grocery store. It's like a little world and like a little hospital and then the outfits and the kids can like play, act all the different stations. Right. And you can just like sit on the ground somewhere and they're good for a morning. Oh, and I can sit on the ground and I'm like, yes. And it was hilariously cute because my 13 and 11 year olds who are way too old, they were so psyched to be in there. My 11 year old was running the grocery store like- she was like assistant to the <laughs> district manager. She was Dwight Schrute. She was like, this is how we're going to do it in here, people. <laughs> right. Now the four-year-olds are like- She was bossing around the six-year-olds. Like at some point, a six-year-old came over and was like, I'm sorry, my mom says I have to leave. Like reporting to their angry boss. And she was like, that's fine. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. It was hilarious. So one thing is, it's a totally different kind of pressure when you have other people's kids. That's one thing yeah. I will say. Like uh, my ability to sit around and be like, yeah, I'm sure the two-year-old's probably fine. I'll hear a crash or crying if it's not fine. I wouldn't do that at all because I don't want 
someone else's kid to get hurt on my watch. So I'm much more heightened. And also I'm more heightened in terms of like, with my own kids, I wasn't waking up at six and being like, we're going to paint rocks for Nana's garden today. When I mean, we did that activity, you know, covered everything in newspaper, got all the paints out, like let's make, I wasn't doing that with my own kids either. And so yes. it was more pressure and also much more delivery. Like it was camp basically, you know, we did, I treated us like counselors. We did an activity all the time. This is just like sparking a long ago memory from me. So I'm the oldest of a lot of kids. My mother is also the oldest of a lot of kids, eight kids. And so I remember being like a teenager and we had my mother's youngest brother, who was not much older than me, his baby, his two-year-old was at our house to play for the afternoon because my uncle, so I was probably like 20 and my uncle was 25. So my uncle was off doing something for the day and we had his little girl at our house. Welcome to an Irish family. Yeah. And my mom was in charge. And again, my mother has raised six kids. She used to be a teacher. Like she knows from kids, but I don't remember what happened. I just remember like us all like holding onto the kitchen island as my uncle, again, not much older than me, walked into the kitchen to see that his two-year-old had somehow gotten like a black eye while she was playing at our house. Because two-year-olds do that. And just being, everybody being like, will the world continue to revolve on its access when my mother's brother walks in and sees that we let his precious little girl get a black eye. She's now an adult, like it's all good. But I remember that. I remember my mother, you know, I remember kind of enjoying it, but my mother was totally freaked out because like, how could she have let this happen? And she wasn't even sure what happened. And the girl was too, so she couldn't tell us, but it just was like, I'm supposed to know how to take care of kids. And now he's going to come back and the truth will be known. Now we botched it. Well, when I was in my twenties, I was babysitting for my brother and his wife's kids and day one, one of the kids, they were chasing each other. You know how in a house you'll have like open doors so like you can run around in a circle, like in, you know, through the kitchen, out the living room, down and around. They were doing that. One of the kids slipped, fell into the door jam, like the just the edge, the corner of the wall, basically, head first and cut their head. <laughs> Really badly. I was like, I mean, you don't have to cut your head really badly. Like I was like looking at his skull and I was like, mm. but it's, it's not that deep a cut. But anyway, needed stitches still has a scar to this day. And it does the feeling of like, I was babysitting once and one of the kids hit the other kid in the head with a stick. And like, you just, the feeling of, I had one job, you know, which was don't let anybody bleed. You just take that much more seriously. And it, these things happen all the time. Like all my kids got injuries and especially two-year-olds. I mean, they're constantly just like bashing their heads into things. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, as a babysitter, you're much more on, I would say, than I was as a mom. So the stakes are higher when it's somebody else's kid. And that you also feel less able to deal with it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, babysitting is very different than parenting because, yeah, the stakes are higher. You have less control. You're not in your own space Every time there's a diaper, you're like, where are the what? You know, you don't have your stuff set up around you. And then we were in a third party's house. So it's like even more complicated that then, you know, it's not totally baby proofed and there's stuff they can't touch. You know, it's it's not in my own house. It was sort of like I could go without seeing my two-year-old for 10 minutes and then check in. Yes. Because I basically know like they're not drinking Drano, you know, but. Right. 
Yeah, at one point we lost track of the two-year-old. This was actually before the parents even left. And she was in the laundry room, like just lining up the like um, bleach and cleaners and stuff. They all had caps on them, but she was like putting them in a row. And I'm like, yeah, this is not really an ideal activity for a two-year-old playing with the kitchen cleaner. Okay, so it's not your home environment and it also was in the two-year-old's home environment? It was a third-party environment. So it was definitely... Uh, that's a very like an American gladiator. Like, and just to complicate things, we're going to be in a home where you don't know what the hazards are. And neither do the parents because this isn't a familiar environment. And there's nothing a two-year-old likes more than a unfamiliar environment to explore. Yeah. And then there's just the X factor of like, what will go wrong? I will say we had two extremely near misses. One was there was a magnetic knife rack above the sink. So picture the two-year-old is like clinging to my leg. So the bleach is just on the floor in the laundry room and the knives are out. Yeah, the bleach is on the floor. There's a magnetic knife rack on the sink. Sounds great. So it's like the blades are magnetically attached to the knife's blade. But it's way high. Like the kids can't reach it. And for the record, there was a cap on the bleach. Two-year-old's clinging to my leg. I'm talking and gesturing and my left hand hits one of the knives. I mean, it was like the Matrix movie. It goes spinning off the knife rack and like blade pointing down is like falling towards the two-year-old's head. And I Matrix style, like bash it out of the way and stop it from stabbing her in the skull. And then at some point I was trying to get her in the car and she reared back on me like she didn't want to get in the car. And there was a saw, like a rusty saw. It was like a cartoon that she went to like rear her head and missed by like an inch. And I was like, and it's, it's just going by like, like moving. Yeah. It's just, just like if you were making a cartoon about like, how does this kid hurt themselves? Like rearing into the rusty saw that's like hanging from the wall. Um, yeah, it was a series of unfortunate events, but I want to say no wounds, no ER trips. So go me. All right, when we get back, I'm going to dial in on like what was hardest, what I forgot the most. Okay. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Gut Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And now, how we remember kids versus the reality. From the What Fresh Out podcast. How we remember it. Babies smell like heaven, unicorns, and summer clouds all mixed together. The reality. That baby smell lasts for an extremely brief window. Then babies start smelling like old carrot puree and pee. How we remember it. Baby's tiny fingers, adorable. The reality. Tiny baby fingers have talon-like fingernails. They dig into your face and chest constantly, and when you try to cut them, oh, it goes horribly wrong. How we remember it. Oh, when they first start to talk, it's so adorable. The reality. When they first start to talk, they learn the word no, and they will use it several hundred times a day. How we remember it. Oh, I wish I could have 19 more babies. The reality. I want you to spend literally 10 minutes with a real baby. You're being delusional. This has been How We Remember Kids versus The Reality. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. So it was really funny to see my kids. Like my kids thing was be reasonable. Like I beg you to be reasonable with both kids. And what's funny for my kids is that they have forgotten. Like at some point my daughter was saying like she wants a graham cracker. And she's yelling at me that she wants a graham cracker, but she's eating a graham cracker. (laughs) And it's like, right. Like, to me, that part was funny, but it killed my kids. Like, they wanted to, like, I think they took it seriously. They wanted to do a good job. And the idea that they were like, but I gave him what he wants and he's still not happy. Like, that was very hard for them to compute. Like, X plus Y equals Z. You know, they just were like, I don't, I do not understand it. I gave you what you said you wanted and you're still not happy. That's like. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the rest of your life, kid. Yeah. But there is something about like the complete unreasonableness of the two-year-old that is particularly hilarious in the like, no, go away. I don't want it. And it really is. Like the winds of change just blow. Like everything's completely fine. And then this is what really made them laugh is that it was a lot of like that kind of crying jag of five minutes where it sounds like they have like one of their pinkies like trapped in a vice, like, "Ah, ah," like so upset. Like it sounds like they're just at the end. Like how could anyone recover from this level of upset? And they're like, "Ah, what's that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they just, something comes by and then they're out of it. They're like, was she faking? I'm like, she wasn't really faking, but it's just like the intense emotions of the moment are completely unattached to like how we experience. Like if you were that upset, it would take you a week to get over it, you know? But she's that upset and it takes like a bird flying by to be like, what's that? Right. And then you're like a bird and then we're right onto birds. Right. Memories are pretty short term at that point. So yeah, I don't remember what I was mad about 30 seconds ago. Yeah, the changeability of it. There you are back in Shawshank. Wild. I'm thinking about the Children's Museum. Yes. How was it being back? Did the kids seem the same? Did the other grown-ups seem the same? I will say it was definitely, like the Children's Museum, great. Like it definitely reminded me of why I spent so much time making plans because the Children's Museum was incredible. Like 
everybody was happy. And then this children's museum, let me tell you, again, if you happen to be near New Braunfels, Texas, the best food I've ever had at the cafe, everybody loved what they had. Like we just had six hours of total peace. But what the biggest thing that took me back was the lack of sleep. I mean, I just, the lack of sleep is so hard. The baby would wake up at sometimes like 5.30. And that's earlier than your own kids, as I recall. Like your kids were good sleepers. Oh, my own kids. I don't wake up with my kids in the summer. I sleep until eight if I want. No, but I mean, even when they were little, they weren't like 5.15 babies or were they? Mine were. Not Maybe at that age. I would say when I had three little ones, just that idea. And I just remember so much, totally had blocked out the feeling of, and often had been up at one or two in the morning on a wake up that was usually like, okay, shh, shh, go back to sleep. I wasn't up for long. But then I'm also kind of at an age where I don't fall back asleep 30 seconds later. And the feeling that was so visceral that came back to me was the feeling of walking up at 5.30 in the morning and thinking, this is it. I have like 16 hours to go, you know? Is that right? Like 5.30 to let's say 8.30 at night. And just that feeling of like, I'm not gonna make it. It's not so much that it's 5.30. It's not so much that I'm tired. It's that the day is yawning and stretching before you of like, I'm this tired now. In an hour, I have to start cooking breakfast. Then it's only going to be seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to get us till nine, which is pretty much the earliest we can go out for any kind of event. And then I would say the Children's Museum is the easiest part of the day. But the Children's Museum involved a classic trade-off let the baby nap in the car on the way home. Then nobody gets a nap in the, no, no downtime in the afternoon. Cause then we walk in, she wakes up, it's on. Right. And just the yawning day where also what I had forgotten, and this is why I really wanted to revisit is, I mean, Amy and I are kind of on summer schedule, but like we had stuff to do. There was stuff to get done. I got nothing done in five days. Basically, I could not write a comedy bit. I could not review a chart. I could not write an email to someone I owed an email to. I had a lesson plan I had to write for teaching. The idea that like, I'm going to sit down on the couch when the baby's asleep for two hours and oh, then I'll just like knock out that lesson plan I've had to do. What was I doing? And I was just like scrolling TikTok and like feeling the burning in my eyes and I, the overwhelm of it, I forgot how overwhelming it is. And like, it's a hundred percent, let me be clear. These kids were awesome. Like for a two-year-old, extremely well-behaved, super sweet six-year-old. Like these were normal kids. Right. It was normal hard, which is really hard is what you're saying. It was normal hard. Mm -hmm. And I had two people helping me. I will say about day three, my helpers did kind of bail. They were like, we're done. This is really hard. And I just, it was a shocking revelation. And just the thing of like tired and then just there are so many boxes to check before bedtime, like get everybody fed. And I'm still feeding my own kids. I mean, they would kind of make their own stuff, but I got to cut up strawberries at least. Like I got to have some fruit out at some point. And, you know, the place we were, there was a pool. We could go get chicken fingers, but like just getting through the day, getting two kids dressed for the pool, a swim diaper, getting towels, sunscreening five people. And again, my kids could do some of it, but they're not 100% out. And I didn't really trust them to sunscreen the babies, you know? And just the relentlessness of it. 
it was shocking to me. Like I sometimes I'm like, oh, well, when I had three kids, you have nap time and then after bed and then you don't have any time. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do all day? You keep children going. That's what you do all day. I don't know why it's so hard, but it it was a revelation to me. And I, it really reset me on some of the things that I've said on the podcast. Like, well, you know, don't forget to keep, you know, date night. Like the idea that I would want to go out with my husband at eight o'clock at night, even with a babysitter. Like, no, all I wanted to do was lie in bed and have quiet and have no one speak to me. It's like the high school science class experiment where like you have to keep a, an egg alive for a whole week and carry it around. Yes, it was like that. It, except you are a mom who has had three kids. So it's surprising. I understand it. I've experienced it myself and it's still surprising. It's like, but I did this. Like this was me every day. And I'm going back and how is it this hard? And so I don't know. Like, so what's if you're listening to this right now and you are, you're like, yeah, it's hard. I got a two-year-old and I get up at 515 every morning. I guess we're just saying like, yeah, it's as hard as you think it is. And don't let anybody tell you it's not. It's as hard as you think it is. Yeah. And I think that doing less is also fine. That's the thing. I mean, I was kind of like, we camp counselor, it's a fun activity. And so we're going to do these 19 things. That list, like day one, we were like, off to the pool. Now this, let's do drawing. Let's get crafts. By day three, we were like, get through the day. Mm -hmm. And I think that, yeah, I guess the takeaway really is that we, A, you'll forget how hard it is. That's what's incredible. That, I mean, I ran the New York Marathon after having run another marathon. And I remember at the end of the first marathon thinking, I'm never going to do that again. Like, that was actually miserable. And I was about mile 23 of the New York Marathon. And I truly was like, I can't believe I let myself do this again. Like, my (laughs) current self was just screaming at my path. Like, why didn't you remember? And it was that bad again. And then, I mean, I stopped running marathons for a series of reasons that had nothing to do with, like, I'm not going to do that again because it's too hard. Like, Right. I would do it 10 more times. And yeah, I definitely, uh, I just want to give a shout out to people who are still in the, I'm going to say six and under because, and maybe in the summer, 10 and under. Mm-hmm. I will say like my kids now, I mean, they're they're home today because camp's out, whatever. I'm just like, don't bother me for the whole day. And I, they're doing too many screens. And, you know, I'm like, here's some money. Walk over, get a slice of pizza. I mean, they're just on their own. It's so different. Mm-hmm. And those days are coming. So I guess that's what we have to offer too. Like you will get to the point where carrying a toddler will be like, what? Were they ever this heavy? As hard as that is to believe. Yes. But be very careful. Lift with your knees. In the future. Very good. Do it now. Future you live with your knees because, man, I was in a lot of pain. My thumbs, I used to tuck them in when I picked up my youngest and like lift her like with just my stiff fingers because I was getting carpal in my wrist. And so I could like stop using your thumbs to lift. It's hard not to talk about forget. I got such bad carpal with one of my kids. And I was like, what is this? Like, I can't bend my hands. And it was from holding the kids. It's madness out there, people. It's a hard job. That's all we're here to say. Bow down. Respect. We see you. I feel like most of the time we are pretty. This is as hard as you think it is. And don't let anybody tell you it isn't. But whoa, where we put the ruck pack on and realized how heavy it was. Yeah. I was giving that lip service before this week. And let me tell you, I'm back. And wow, it's as hard as you think it is. If you want even more What Fresh Hell, you can subscribe to What Fresh Hell Plus to get all of her episodes 
ad-free and to get bonus episodes every month from Amy and I. And I have to say, we're recording one this week and our August bonus episode is going to be extremely funny. (laughs) As if this wasn't extremely funny. You're always extremely funny, but we're real loose in the bonus episodes. To subscribe, you can just tap the link that's in the show notes for this episode or go to our website, wafashelpodcast.com. Or if you're on your phone, this is kind of an easy way to do it. Go to Instagram and tap the link in our bio on Instagram. It's right there too. $5 a month gets you our entire archive, hundreds and hundreds of episodes ad-free, plus these bonus episodes. Thanks so much for listening. Friends, I salute you and we will talk to you next time. We see you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.